0: When the Holy Spirit comes into our lives at our salvation, he comes to make us holy in our practice, in our lifestyle. If there is not a yearning in our hearts to live a holy life pleasing to God, then we're going to have to question our faith and whether our faith in Christ is real. If you have no desire, you're not that interested in living a holy life, then you might want to check and see if you ever made a... Faith, commitment to Christ. This is Jerry G. Martin, and welcome to The Light of the World. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and have asked Him to come into your life and to be your Lord and Savior, there is an expectation on how we should live. There ought to be a difference between the believer and the unbeliever. Listen to this message today as we share with you that God wants you to be holy. When there's a church that has a bunch of new believers, and that should include all churches, there's often a lack of understanding of how they should behave in the church. Now, let's say we had some brand new believers that just showed up today. Would they be clear on how they should function in those gray areas? They'll be confused. It can be confusing when we hear Rules and requirements from different churches, and sometimes from different people in the same church. Some will say, no, it's okay. And some will say, no, you shouldn't do certain things. That was a problem at this little church we call the first church of Corinth. Basic problem was how do we function in these gray areas? And what is right and what is wrong? And that problem still faces the church today. The issue is, how far does Christian freedom go in regard to behavior that is not specifically forbidden in the scriptures? Or let me put it this way. What can I do, pastor, and still be saved? What can I get away with? And from time to time, we get that kind of question. Pastor, is it okay? Can I do this and still be save during the past several generations some of the strongest debates among churches has centered around questionable practices practices that many believers feel to be wrong but they are not specifically forbidden in the scriptures some of these key issues have been smoking drinking alcoholic beverages playing cards wearing makeup even dancing Sunday sports Style of music, listening to certain kinds of music, playing the lottery. We know the church folks love to play the lottery. What about even going to the theater or going to the movies? That was a time, that was a sin in some circles. One of the reasons Christians have spent so much time arguing about these is that the Bible does not specifically forbid them. And we cannot speak authoritatively about these non-forbidden things as we can things like stealing and murder and slander and fornication because the Scripture plainly forbids those things and calls them sinful. Many believers, however, are not commanded or commended, or many behaviors, rather, are not commanded or commended or forbidden in scriptures. They are neither black or white. I call them gray areas. You cannot find thou shalt not smoke in the scriptures. You can't find it. You know, one guy told me one time uh, when he was just making a justification about smoking marijuana, he just said the Bible said that God made the grass and it was good. How did Paul address these issues with the new church? He wanted the believers to enjoy their freedom in Christ. Now, just think about it. We talked about these folk in Corinth. They lived in a place that was on a a seashore and a port city, and they had all kinds of things going on. They had uh, men's clubs and women's clubs and prostitutes hanging out, and they were partying and reveling. They had a reputation for partying like the folks in New Orleans, And they started getting saved and going to this new church. And when they came into this new church, even though they had given their life to Jesus Christ, they still like to do some of the things they like to do. You know how it it is? When you get saved, there are still some things you like to do. (laughs) Come on, y'all act like y'all don't have nothing y'all like to do. There's one brother that said you shouldn't hang out at nightclubs. But he says drinking occasionally is all right. I want you to look at how Paul responded to this, and he did so in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. He said this, and it's a statement. He said, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And Then he says, but I will not be mastered by anything. This statement is made here, and it is reemphasized in chapter 8, as Paul said, virtually the same thing. As, and he addressed the moral issues and the practical issues, even issues that they were arguing about, whether or not they should eat meat that was offered to idols. And they were arguing in the church, can we eat this or can we not eat this meat? Paul says, all things are lawful, it says in the King James, but not expedient. The NIV says, all things are permissible, but not beneficial. And we talk about that as our Christian liberties. What are we at liberty to do as believers in Christ Jesus? In fact, uh, we read the scriptures about our freedom in Second Corinthians 3 17 says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or there is liberty. In Galatians 5 1 it says, for it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So we talk about our Christian liberties. I'm not under bondage to anything. I can do whatever I need to do. I'm not under bondage. I can wear makeup, the women says. I can wear pants. There was a time where if a woman wore pants to certain churches, she was unsaved, they said. So this is, I'm free. I have the liberty to do so. Paul is saying here that our Christian liberty does not mean we have a license to do anything we please. 1 Peter says in 2.16, Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. There are two common extremes that are often followed in regard to the gray areas of the things in our lives. There are two extremes that are followed. One is legalism, and the other one is license. Legalism and license. And some of us grew up in a church where there was a lot of legalism. Legalism believes that every act, every habit, every type of behavior is either black or white. There ain't no gray area. You either in this thing or you out of this thing. You either hot or cold. You either holiness or hell. Hell. Ain't no middle ground. And everything you do is either right or just wrong. The legalists live by rules rather than by spirit. They classify everything as either good or bad, whether the Bible mentions it or not. They develop a list of do's and a list of don'ts. Don't wear your dress over your knee. One while it was over your ankle, over your calf. Don't wear sleeves that are up above your elbow. It's a list. Some of y'all remember those churches you used to go to? They check you out, they jack you up in the foyer if your, <laughs> your sleeves are not up below your elbow. Don't have no plunging neckline. You'd be wrapped in a blanket on the front row. <laughs> That's a don't. And they decided whether it was plunging or not. Doing the things on the good list and avoiding the things on the bad list is their idea of spirituality. No matter what the inner person looked like, is as long as you looked holy and you met the rules and requirements, the legalist said you were okay. Their lives were law-controlled and not spirit-controlled. Now, the license is the opposite of the legalism. It is like legalism in that it has no gray areas. Almost nothing is wrong and everything is acceptable as long as it's not strictly forbidden in the scriptures. As long as I can't find something to say I can't do it, I'm going to do it. Show me in the scripture where it says I can't do this. No, no, no. Show me where it says I cannot play the lottery. That's what I want to see. <laughs> if it don't say it, then I can do that. Show me where it says I can't do cocaine. In the scripture don't say anything about cocaine show me why I can't do drugs The scripture doesn't say don't do drugs y'all looking at me like I, it don't <laughs> no you can't find don't do drugs in the scripture but we'll say you shouldn't do that and be saved right the one who has license says, as long as your conscience is free you can do as you please so how then do we manage When we're confronted with areas that we're not clear in the scripture about how we should function, there are some things that should govern our lives as believers that will help us to navigate about what our behavior should be as people of God. Would you agree that if we are saved, that those who uh, live around us and work around us should recognize that we have a different way of living in our life? But well, I want to give you some principles that if you would follow these, will govern your behavior. And these are some principles for Scripture. And it will help you to understand whether or not, when you're in one of these gray areas, whether or not you should continue. Here's number one. These are eight things. Number one, whatever you're doing, is it excess? Is it excess? Is the activity or habit necessary? Do I need to do it? It is important that it must be done. Is it excess? Hebrews tells us in chapter 12, verse 1, about some things. He said, you know, everything is not a sin, but some things are a weight. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 said, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. The King James said, let us throw off every weight. Let us lay aside every weight and sin. Some things will weigh you down. It's not a sin, but it'll weigh you down to keep you from being effective in your living and in your life for Jesus Christ. He says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangle us and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Some things are not sin, but they will be a habit that will entangle you. It may even start it out as a good thing. Watching television is not a sin, but if that's all you do, it can become a weight. It will become a sin if the Spirit of God speaks to you and tells you to cut it out. Then you're disobedient, and disobedience is sin. And when it becomes a sin for you, then don't try to make it a sin for everybody else. I've seen people do that. The Lord's been speaking to them. The Holy Spirit's been challenging them to to stop doing something in their life. And then they'll come to church and say, the Lord's been speaking to us. We need to all turn our televisions off. Uh, No, he's been speaking to you. They want to put it on everybody else. No, he told you to turn yours off. Okay, because it's becoming a weight. It's becoming a hindrance to you. Number one, is it excess? Secondly, is it expedient or beneficial to you? Is what I want to do helpful or useful, or is it only desirable? Is it beneficial? Is it helpful? Is it useful? Or is it detrimental? Uh, Smoking is detrimental to your health. It's not useful. Or you just got a habit and you just started on it. It's not beneficial to you. And we want you to be around a long time. Somebody asked, can you go to heaven uh, smoking? Sure, but you get there a whole lot faster because you're going to die early. (laughs) Is it beneficial? If it's not beneficial, then ask the question, why am I doing it? Thirdly, does it emulate Christ? Does it emulate Christ? 1 John 2, 6 says, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Does it emulate Christ? Am I walking as Christ walked while I'm doing this? This behavior, this activity? Can you see Christ in Las Vegas hanging around at the cabaret? (laughs) Will it emulate Christ? Thirdly, am I setting an example? Am I setting an example? Are you setting an example for others to follow, especially the weaker brothers and sisters in Christ? When people first get saved, you know, they're very pliable. In other words, they're able to bend and to mold and to, and to teach in almost any area. We heard the person who just got saved for a year says, you know, I'm, I'm learning as I go and reading the scripture what I shouldn't do. And as I learn, I'm not going to do that so the new believers come in and they just say, I just want to do what's right. I just want to do what God wants me to do. And then the older believers say, well, uh, you, can do, you can do this and you can do that and you can do this. And they say, really? Some believers say, you know, there's no problem going to the club. The Bible didn't say you can go to the club. And the new believers say, I, I, really? Oh, Sure. And the new believer, you know, just just, just get saved and, and you'll say, hey, come on, let's go out to the restaurant after church. And you go out there and, you know, you've been saved for a while and you just say, you know, just, just give me that margarito. <laughs> and the new believer says, uh, I was always taught we were not supposed to drink. Oh, girl, don't you know, the Bible just say uh, with excess. Now, we're not going to be excess here today. <laughs> and the new believer, okay. So after your third margarito. Now, this ain't exempt. Now, what's exempt for you might not be exempt for me. You know, I can handle this. Is it an example? Paul told Timothy, he says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believer in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. You know, I have some practical things about how we should govern ourselves. And I'll get to, to that in a minute. Just hear here now, number five. How would it affect my ability to evangelize or to reach others for Jesus Christ? That's something curious. Folks who don't know the Lord, folks who are not saved, may, some may never have been saved, and some may have never even gone to church. They have an uncanny ability to know how Christians ought to act. You ever notice that? Unsaved folk. Oh, I thought you were a Christian. They'll tell you that in a minute. When they see you behave in a certain way, I thought you were a Christian. Why are you doing that? Why are you lying? You're supposed to be a Christian. Why are you looking at that magazine? You're supposed to be a Christian. Oh, you got lottery tickets? I thought you were a Christian. I don't know where they get their lists from, but these unbelievers, they sure can pin it on you when they see you. Here's one thing that will govern your behavior. Am I carrying myself in a way such that the Holy Spirit can use me at any time, anywhere, to reach somebody for Jesus Christ? I'll tell you, it's going to be very difficult if you're standing in the 7-Eleven scratching out those numbers uh, to witness to the guy next to you. It's going to be kind of tough. Even if you believe that this is not a sin, it's just going to be tough to say, the, the Lord will provide. All I need is Jesus. It's going to be kind of tough for that person to think genuinely. So the question is, will the Lord be able to use you at any time, at any place, regardless of what you are doing? That's the question you need to ask myself. Not whether it's right or wrong. Am I available and can it be used? That'll help you. When you're sitting in the restaurant with your margarita and somebody falls out on the floor with an illness or a stroke or seizure and the Lord wants you to lay hands on them and speak a blessing and speak with an anointed power and you just there licking the salt off the glass <laughs> and the Lord says, I want you to lay hands on that person on the floor and yeah, you excuse me, <laughs> what you going to say? Are you ready with your Christian liberty? I say, not right now, Lord. That's the key. Or when you, and God wants to use you to speak to somebody that's walking. over. Is he going to be able to listen to you or he's going to be looking at, (laughs) can you please put that out? And they're saying, you know, you're not supposed to be smoking in here. Hello. And when that's your attitude, it's a lot of things that we were doing that we would just not do. We're not putting ourselves in a place to be used of God. That's the main thing. There's some stuff you have the right to do as a believer that you will not do. Colossians chapter 4 verse 5 say, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer everyone. So we have to watch how our behavior, because folks are looking at you. They are observing you. So the fifth thing, how will it affect my ability to evangelize, reach others, to be a blessing in somebody else's life? Folks will really come back at you. See, that's why it's so hard for us to even minister and and speak into our family members' lives. You know why? Because they they remember when we were just cut up so bad before we got saved, they don't want to hear us. They know all of our secrets and they know all the stuff we've done. They don't want to hear us because they know all of that stuff. Whenever somebody see, recognize, know something about you, they don't want to hear you. That's why it's hard for some of us to, to reach people on our jobs because they saw us cut up so bad at the job. He'll talk so bad to other folk. Number six, does it edify? Will it build up? Will I be built up by doing this? Will I be matured in Christ? Will I become spiritually stronger doing this? Will it help me in that area? And seven, does it exalt the Lord? Does it build up the Lord? Is God glorified in this in whatever I'm doing? It's not a matter of whether it's right or wrong. It's a matter of whether or not God is exalted. Can he get the glory? 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whether you eat, whether you drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Here's a, a thing. Can I extricate myself? Extricate means to extract, to remove, to get out, get from among it. So I tell people who are struggling, and and, and when when you have a habit like smoking, it can be very, very tough to get rid of it. And I say, can you get rid of it? Can you stop it? And if they say, no, I can't stop it, then the Bible tells us not to be under bondage to anything. Can you stop doing that? Can you stop playing the lottery? Well, if you can't, you got a problem. You got a gambling problem. Can you stop going down to Cushada Reservation and acting like you're going to visit your kinfolk? <laughs> you know, I got to go to Louisiana this weekend, Pastor. <laughs> well, I can stop it. Well, if you can't stop it, just stop it. And if you can't stop it, you got a problem and you need to stop it. <laughs> can you extricate yourself from it? Can you get out of it? Can you remove yourself? If you just got to keep watching pornography, you got a problem. Here's what Paul said again. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. I'm not going to say you're going to go to hell if you get a lottery ticket and you scratch it off. and You pray, Lord, if I hit, I'm going to pay off the building fund. And nobody must be hitting because nobody brought any building fund money I know better I know church folk gonna go play anyway they're not gonna play until they get up to about 200 million and then they can feel the spirit just telling them you know I believe this is the way God gonna bless you the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous and they're gonna go so I know you're gonna do that that's not good stewardship of God's money and that's not a good testimony but if you hit you bring your tithe on into the storehouse It was the Lord Jesus Christ who said, Why do you call me Lord and you don't do the things that I say? He made a distinction between those who know Him and follow Him and those who do not know Him. You've been listening to this message today to help you to understand that God requires something of us. He wants us to live a holy life honoring and pleasing to Him. He asked us in the book of Romans chapter 12 to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual act of worship or our reasonable service. Be encouraged and be conscious about living a holy life. If you would like to hear this message again in its entirety, you can hear it on our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. I invite you to come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. We're at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you can't make it there in person, join us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. If you would like for someone to join you in prayer, call our prayer line number at 281 964 That's 281-964-1393. And don't forget about our Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus. We have church supplies, offering supplies, communion supplies, books and Bibles, or whatever you need for your church. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885.